Hello, everybody. Happy, happy Friday. Hope you guys have all had a great week. It is time for the Friday wrap-up. And already I see a few of you on the chat. We got Midwest Boxing making fun of that Southside Chicago accent. I know exactly what you're talking about, my man. That was a hilarious clip you sent me. Sarah's on the chat. Shadow Combat. Giuseppe's on the chat. Chad's on the chat. What's up, everybody? Make sure you click that thumbs up button. And uh, anything goes today, whatever you guys want to talk about. But I will cover briefly the uh, latest news and notes so then we can get into uh, previewing some of the matchups this weekend uh what's falling under the radar and um we'll talk about this pay-per-view man and what it means uh in the big scheme of things I, you know i tweeted something today and i'm going to pull up that tweet in just a second because i do think it's very very important because um, it's something that that is concerning and and honestly uh the pay-per-view thing is starting to get criticism even from PBC's like almost militant defenders in the media over the years. There's several of them that have been criticizing this thing. So we'll talk about that. But uh, real first, man, um, Vladimir Klitschko enlists in Ukraine's reserve army. Of course, you guys have seen the tensions between Russia and Ukraine um, kind of piling up there and getting more and more tense uh, in recent weeks. And uh, Klitschko, former the legitimate heavyweight champion of the world uh, enlisting in the reserve army. He says he's ready to do his part. We'll see what happens over there, man. I hope everything's okay. Uh, part of my ancestry comes from that part of the world. So that kind of touches home and um, Ukraine, especially, you know, the people in that region have been through a lot uh, for a long, long time. So I hope everything can work out in a peaceful way over there. Uh, let's see some, uh, some positive news. Jermel Charlo and Brian Castaño too is official. March 19th, downtown Los Angeles at the Crypto.com Arena. It's the freaking Staples Center. Look, I mean, I, what was it before that? It was something, was it something before that? I can't remember. These arenas, these venues change names every 10 years or whatever it is, and I can't keep up with the shit. Crypto.com Arena sounds so weird to me. It's Staples Center, damn it. Anyway, of course, these two fought in Texas last July. Now, remember, Charlo's from Texas, right? He's from Houston. So was there a little home cooking in the scorecards? Because a lot of people, I'd say more than half, maybe two-thirds, thought that Castaño did enough to win. It ended up being a draw. Uh, one, one judge had it 114. I think Steve Weisfeld had it 114-113 for Castaño. He usually does a good job. Another judge had it 14-14. And then one judge somehow had it nine rounds to three or 117-111 for Charlo. Nobody on earth had that score outside of Charlo's family. Hell, even half of his family probably didn't even have it that wide. So um, they're going to do it again. Now, look, generally speaking, in these sorts of situations, I, I, I pay attention to these things, especially with the Charlos, because they've been involved uh, in rematches, right? With Jamel, Charlo. How did he do in that rematch with Harrison? In the end, he did what he had to do. He got the W. I think that PBC uh, just, it, I, I'm going to put, I'm going to bet on Charlo winning this fight. I really, I really am. Uh, at least, you know, my opinion might change just the, the way these things tend to work. You know, when there's a controversial draw or a close fight in the first, the first fight, and then they do a rematch when it's an American establishment kind of fighter, the house fighter, the A side against the quote unquote foreign fighter, uh, the American seems to get over the hump somehow in the rematch. We've seen this play out multiple times, and I think that that's what we're going to see in this fight, although my opinion could change. But right now, I favor Charlo in this rematch. Also, um, Tim Zhu should be in the co-main. 
Tim Zhu is apparently going to fight Terrell Goucher, which is a good fight for Zhu. And um, he should be in the co-main fighting in L.A. So this will be like an introduction for him to the American fight fans and um, to the casual fight fans anyway. Diehards know who he is. But he is in line uh, through mandatory status uh, for both of these guys because I think it's two different titles. One of them Castaño has, one of them Charlo has. And, of course, Charlo has several of the titles. He's the legit champ of that division. This is for complete undisputed at 154. So, anyway, I like this fight. And on paper, it's the best matchup of the first quarter. It is. So, because uh, we've had a couple of fights fall through. Uh, COVID has busted up a couple of fights and everything else. I, all things considered, this is the best fight uh, on regular uh, – well, I was just about to say on regular TV. What we don't know yet – is whether this will be pay-per-view or regular TV. Now, PBC had a pay-per-view in January. We got one in February, the one happening tomorrow night, right? We got one in April. That's when Errol Spence and Jordanus Ugas, they're going to fight, and that's going to be in April, and that's going to be on pay-per-view. I think Fox pay-per-view hasn't been officially announced yet, but trust me on that one. So that means there's space open for a March pay-per-view from PBC. Could Charlo Castaño, too, go to pay-per-view? Oh, my God, that would be a disaster. But, guys, if they're putting Thurman Barrios on pay-per-view, something tells me it's possible. Super chat pledge from Aaron. Thank you so much, Aaron. I appreciate it, man. He says, uh, yo, Mike, February already, and society continues to tailspin. Uh, one, But one Thurman remains hilarious. He is the man who knows all the mysteries of the world, yet knows very little, if anything, at all. Yeah, man, uh, Keith Thurman has had some very interesting sound bites during the promotion for this uh, for this fight tomorrow against Barrios, including the whole bubblegum thing. Bubblegum, uh, talking about the price of bubblegum used to be 25 cents. Now it's not. It, it, that's how he justified the pay-per-view cost. That definitely got headlines because a lot of people retweeted it. And I understand the genius trolling there from Thurman in one way. But, dude... I don't know. You could have come up with a better one than that. This is pretty, pretty indefensible. Um, look, I'm going to talk about the pay-per-view, but real quick, um, I just want to say, guys, um, weigh-ins. Everybody made weight today for all the fights this weekend, and I uh, should, should reiterate here, Chris Eubank Jr. fighting Liam Williams, uh, this middleweight fight, 12 rounds tomorrow in Cardiff, Wales. Clarissa Shields defending her unified middleweight belts on that card as well. Here in the United States in Phoenix, Jesse Rodriguez making a big step up. First time in his career, he's really stepped up and fought a level uh, opponent at this level. Stepping up to fight Carlos Quadras, of course. Teresa Kitsumar-Rungvisai was supposed to be in that fight, but he um, he got ill, so he's out. And then Jesse Rodriguez steps up for him. I think Rungvisai gets the winner of this fight. That is 12 rounds for the vacant WBC uh, junior bantamweight title on the zone. I will be covering that event for ringtv.com. So look for my recap there. And then the, the pay-per-view show tomorrow, uh, keep Thurman versus Mario Barrios welterweights in Las Vegas. Real quick. I want to share this tweet that I posted uh, earlier. Let's see here. Um, share screen. Yes, yes, yes. Twitter. Boom. Okay. I thought this would get a lot more hits, uh, but it hasn't. Um, of course, some of the haters latched onto it and you know called me all sorts of names. But I just want to read this tweet out loud. Uh, Thurman Porter 
You guys remember when Keith Thurman fought Sean Porter? That was in 2016. Thurman Porter peaked at 3.9 million viewers in 2016, which led to Thurman Danny Garcia peaking at 5.1 million in 2017. Then Keith didn't fight for nearly two years. In 2019, Thurman versus Jose Cito Lopez peaked at 2.7 million. And the Pacquiao Thurman pay-per-view did about four to 500,000 pay-per-view buys. Then Keith took two and a half years off. Now Thurman Barrios won't hit 100K. Now, again, some people were triggered by this. I don't really care about those idiots. Anybody that's reasonable um, understands what I'm getting at here. And in fact, Keith Eidick, um, he, he talked about these numbers, some, most of these numbers, in a, an article, a great article he did for BoxingScene.com that I shared today on my Twitter. I tweeted it out to you guys. I thought Keith did a very good job. But I've noticed that several platforms that have always defended um, PBC and, and justified these pay-per-views and, and inflated the pay-per-view buy rates and inflated the ratings numbers. You know, sometimes it's advantageous to report the average viewership. Sometimes it's advantageous to mention the peak viewership, depending on different things. And these guys always kind of find a way. I'm not. I'm not specifically talking about Keith here. I'm talking about some other guys out there. Uh, you guys know the names, right? Um, these guys find ways to always see the positive and the silver lining, but. Even some of those guys have been increasingly critical of the pay-per-view model that uh, the almost monthly pay-per-views you're getting now from PBC, specifically PBC on Fox. And um, Keith wrote a great article talking about that, uh, criticizing it, and really just not being overly critical, just being concerned because this current model is not sustainable. And then to, to my point here on my tweet, I want to make sure I make this very clear. Thurman fought Sean Porter. That was, I think I thought that fight was somewhat overrated by some fans, but it, the casual fans ate it up because there was a lot of flailing and punching. Most of that stuff didn't land, but it was entertaining to watch to the unnuanced observer, right? And they really liked that fight. I know several friends of mine that are big MMA guys, not as big into boxing. They watched that fight and really enjoyed it, right? And they're usually UFC guys. And look, Thurman's next fight against Danny Garcia, the, the average viewership was just a little bit up, but it peaked at over 5 million in 2017. So the very next fight, the very next year, look at the peak it did, right? So in other words, the viewership climbed. And even though his fight with Danny Garcia wasn't very good, the viewership was there because there was a build. And you saw guys in the same division fighting each other. So Thurman fought Sean Porter. Then he fought Danny Garcia. I, I want to say that was a title unification. So there was a build there. And what do I always talk about, guys? You have to build storylines. This is something they do in WWE better than boxing, boxing or UFC. But UFC does a better job of it, obviously, than boxing. But building storylines that casual fans can follow. So at that point, you know, Thurman was seen as the number one welterweight in the world and just had these great numbers, these viewership numbers with Danny Garcia. Then he doesn't fight for two freaking years because that fight with Garcia was in early 2017, right? So then he's out. I want to say it's like 22 months or something like that. Don't quote me, but it, it was almost two years. And fights Jose Cito Lopez in a, let's be honest, that was a showcase matchup and fights him in early 2019, coming off a two-year break 
I think there was an injury that was part of the, the break. So I think a lot of people gave him a break, you know, for fighting Jose Cito Lopez. But look at the momentum drop, dog. Early 2019, Thurman Lopez peaked at 2.7 million, right? So you drop off from 5.1 to 2.7. And now maybe the opponent wasn't quite as good. I don't think that's really the, the biggest issue. Because honestly, at welterweight, is Jose Cito Lopez that much of a drop off from Danny Garcia? Almost on the same level at 147 at one point, right? Let's let's be honest. Danny Garcia was never an elite welterweight, regardless of what the promotion tried to tell everybody. Uh, certainly wasn't on the level of a Sean Porter. So Keith Thurman's level of opposition decreased from Porter to Garcia to Lopez. So his opposite, the quality of opposition went down, and the quantity. Uh, the frequency of fighting went down, right? So from 2016 to early 2019, there's three fights. And the viewership, which had climbed at one point, even though the quality of opposition had dropped slightly, the ratings went up. But from that 5.1 peak viewership, and I think it was like 3.5 million was the average viewership of that whole card or, or that whole fight, I'm sorry. It dipped to almost half that. In early 2019, for him against Jose Cito Lopez. Why? Because he wasn't in the freaking ring. You got to be active, man. You got to build storylines, right? And there was no build. It was, hey, I haven't fought in two years. Oh, Keith Thurman's back. Let's let's throw a Mexican-American in there with him. People will show up. That's the philosophy over there. 2.7 million, not a bad rating. I'm not saying it's a bad rating, but it's certainly less than 5.1 million or 3.9 million. Now, later that year, 2019, and later that year, he fights Manny Pacquiao, who at that point, if we're being honest, guys, was years past his best. Um, I'm not saying he was shot. Pacquiao wasn't shot. He wasn't even shot when he fought Ugas, but well-fated. He was past his best years, um, and he was a, a semi-retired part-time senator, right? So, And he beat, 40-plus years old, beats Thurman. Then Thurman disappears for two and a half years. Now he's coming back and fighting a guy that's the worst opponent he's fought since, I guess, 2015. No disrespect to Barrios, but that's the truth. And he's doing it on pay-per-view. This is just, this is boxing business malpractice. In the midst of all this, guys, Thurman has made seven-figure paydays for every one of these fights, including this one. He's getting seven figures. That is the maybe the biggest issue here is that a guy that's been so chronically inactive coming off a loss to a fighter that was in his 40s. Thurman should have beat Pacquiao. That would, would have been a brand building exercise. You get in there, you you beat Jose Cito Lopez. Then, and that's your get back in the ring, get the ring rust out fight. Then you beat Pacquiao on pay-per-view to build your name. Now you are ready to fight Errol Spence. Guys, we would be getting Errol Spence versus Keith Thurman in April. That's what we'd be getting right now. And yes, that'd be pay-per-view, but I think that'd be arguably a pay-per-view worthy fight in 2022. Not 10 years ago, but in 2022, yes, that'd be a pay-per-view worthy fight. Thurman just kind of screwed that up. And Pacquiao did too, to his credit. He got in there and got the W that he needed. And then Pacquiao goes in there and he screws up because he loses to Ugas. They wanted at that point Pacquiao to fight Spence 
to build up his name. So the plan over there, the welterweight business model at PBC over the last five years or so has been a complete unmitigated fucking disaster. Tim Smith, who I like and respect, I like Tim a lot, but recently kind of disparaged Terrence Crawford's name. Oh, he doesn't really have a name. We can't market him, this, that, the other. Clearly the plan here is for Thurman to win this fight and they do a fight between Thurman and Crawford to build Crawford's name up a little bit. Because in terms of brand recognition, Thurman is a bigger brand, you could argue, than Terrence Crawford. Now, how does that correlate and translate in 2022? I don't know. Because I doubt that this fight between Thurman and Barrios will sell anywhere near 100,000 pay-per-view buys. Although they'll exaggerate the reports if they report the numbers at all in media, right? The same guys who couldn't wait to give you the Crawford-Porter pay-per-view buy numbers will probably hide this just as they hid Javante Davis's last pay-per-view and like they hid the Ortiz-Martin pay-per-view numbers. It is interesting the way that works. <clears throat> Let's see, what else could I could I say about this? Uh, well, first, hold on. We got a couple of super chats. I want to get to these before I miss them. OJ22 with the super chat. Thank you so much, OJ. He says, Mike. From what you've been hearing, uh, who do you think will get George, Loma or Haney? Great question. From what I've been hearing, I, I would bet. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't official. Okay. I don't know some secret that no one else knows, but from the things I have heard, I would expect to see George Cambosis versus Vasily Lomachenko in the first half of 2022, very likely in Australia. That's what I would expect to see. Deed3440 with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Deed. I appreciate it, brother. He says, uh, saving $75 tomorrow, watching Chocolatito for free. All right, so it's not going to be uh, Chocolatito. Did I say wrongly, Sylier? I meant Chocolatito. I think, um, or no, I think you're talking about uh, Jesse Rodriguez versus Carlos Quadras, Deed. Uh, but yeah, that's on the zone. That's a hell of a freaking fight. And I actually think, I'm I'm betting and I'm I'm predicting that Rodriguez is going to win that fight, even though he's really a smaller guy. He's fought as low as 105. This is his first time fighting a big, strong 115 pounder, a guy this experienced as Quadras is. But I I think that this kid's got something, and I think he's gonna. I'm not gonna say shock the world because it won't be a shock, but he's gonna pull the minor upset special tomorrow, and I think he's gonna win, and I think that's gonna. Uh, make him not a superstar, but it's going to announce him and throw his name in the hat and that loaded 115 pound division. And he'll be the new young blood there. He'll kind of announce himself. And then he's going to end up fighting Rungvisai next. That's what I predict. And that's an outstanding matchup. So, okay, back to this pay-per-view stuff. Uh, guys, look, I talked about Keith Thurman's viewership numbers. And how they've dipped his quality of opposition, the frequency of his fighting. So quality and quantity has dropped. The whole business plan for what PBC wanted to do at 147, freezing out uh, Terrence Crawford, pretending the WBO didn't even exist, even though they're promoting a WBO fight with Castaño and Charlo uh, coming up. Uh, they actually acknowledge the WBO now because it's to their benefit, right? And Crawford has left top rank. But for years, you guys know what I'm talking about. They pretended that didn't even exist, and they were milking it, just milking it, milking it, taking their sweet-ass time 
consolidating their titles and all the top fighters at 147. And because of that, everything blew up, man. Errol Spence has had issues outside the ring, and that's led to injuries and stuff where he's been um, out of the ring and, and been inactive. Keith Thurman's been inactive. Some of it is just there were injuries, but there is also just I don't think he has the same desire he once did. He also got married, and a lot of times with fighters, when you get married, it just changes them. They're not the same guy after that. Um, Jordanis Ugas and Manny Pacquiao, those two guys, I talked a minute ago how the plan with those guys and what they were kind of brought in for and everything didn't work out the way it was supposed to. The storyline that they were trying to build, which should have been a 24- to 36-month storyline, they stretched it out over four, five, six years, and that's why it's bitten them in the ass. And now don't be surprised, guys, if Mario Barrios pulls off the upset tomorrow night. My money's on Keith Thurman. I think Keith Thurman's going to win a decision, okay? But if Barrios should beat him, I will not be shocked or surprised at all. And then you end up getting Spence and Ugas, which they didn't want. And then you end up getting Barrios versus uh, Crawford, which they didn't want. But either way, um, that's probably the way it's going to go. Crawford would be Barrios or Thurman decisively, probably would knock both of them out at this point, right? And then um, I think Spence is going to beat Ugas. So perhaps, perhaps we still get Spence and Crawford. I doubt it will be this year. They'll probably milk it and delay it till next year. But I'm telling you, this whole thing should have been consolidated years ago. The two top guys should have fought two or three times already the way Canelo and Triple G fought twice at middleweight. And really, they should have fought three times, too. That got screwed up. Uh, but that's an issue. That's a major issue with fighters in this era, man. And it's you can see how it's affected the product over there. And, you know, Fox, I want to be clear about this. Fox exercised their fourth-year option late last year. It was in the fall, I think, of last year. So they're going to be working with PBC pretty much through – 2022 at least most of this year right then the contract is officially over and they might re-up they might not but if you just look at the last year look at post-pandemic okay and especially right now the, this sort of fight should be on regular fox ortiz and martin should have been on regular fox charlo castaño three or i'm sorry two that should be on regular fox hell spence and uga should be on regular fox if all those fights go to pay-per-view, two of them we already know are, right? And we're pretty sure Spence and, and Ugas will be. But, I mean, if all four of those go to pay-per-view, four pay-per-view cards in four months, how invested is Fox in this? I think they're making some money. They've cut their shoulder programming and their expenses, their upfront expenses, with how much they spend uh, on these PBC cards tremendously. They've slashed that budget. Do you guys see a lot of shoulder programming from Fox right now, right? So so they're they're doing well and, and producing boxing is cheap compared to NBA, uh, NFL, all these other sports where the licensing fees are they're huge by comparison. So I think financially it's they're they're good, but the the product and the return on the product has not been what they wanted. Now I'm not saying Fox is going to absolutely 100% bow out for good at the end of this year. They might re-up, but there's going to be some stipulations in that new contract. There's going to be some new figures 
in that new contract. I'm quite sure of that there's going to be some protections and things like that written in. So people ask, is PBC going away? No, PBC is not going away. Um, Steven Espinosa at Showtime is all in. He's balls deep on PBC. They're going to live on Showtime for years and years to come. And it's very possible, quite possible, that PBC will re-up with Fox in some form or fashion. But I do think that deal will be structured differently and look a little different than what we currently have. All right. Oh, CJ Duncan. What's up, CJ? CJ with the Super Chat says, going to get a ticket off Groupon tomorrow. Hashtag MOB. Yeah, man. I don't blame you. You're right there in town. Why not go? I know a couple guys that did that, man. Uh, one, of, one of my guys on Twitter said that um, he's in town for the Pro Bowl. I didn't even know the Pro Bowl was in Vegas. But he said he's in town for the Pro Bowl, and uh, he got he scored like a $100 ticket. Really good seat for 100 bucks. So he's going to go check out the fights for the hell of it. Look, s- several of the fights on that card are entertaining, man. They are entertaining. Um, Santa Cruz versus Carbajal is a shit fight. I, that's just a showcase fight. But Neri versus Castro, that's a good fight. Ramos Hernandez, good fight. And then the other Ramos, Santa Maria, good fight. You're going to get action in those fights. It's just not worth $75. All right, let's jump over to the phones, guys. We got Nacho first. Let's see what he's got to say. What's up, Nacho? How you doing, man? Nacho. I'm all right, Mike. Ah, what's up? Um, yeah. Like that, so. Not nothing much. Um, yeah, I mean, everything you brought up, you know, we've kind of gone over it the last couple of weeks. and. You know, it is what it is at this point with uh, the card. Uh, I'm going to probably go watch it at a bar myself that they're going to be showing it at because I'm not going to pay the 75 bucks by myself. So I'll probably just go watch it at a bar and pay to get in and, and see it there. But, yeah, I, I don't know what the the PBC is legitimately thinking. Even if they did slash their expenses, as you were saying, Mike, to produce some of the the stuff that's going on as far as like the content and, and like what they pay fighters and stuff like it's still, it's not a, a lasting business model that's going to work out in the end for them because eventually fans are just going to turn like mm. no one's going to keep wanting to pay to watch cards like this. I'm sorry. Eventually it's going to become a zero sum game for them. Like they're going to be spending all this money to have pay-per-view cards every month where it's just a bunch of stay busy fights and, and fans are just going to get completely turned off and they're not going to want to uh, pay for it. So uh, they have to be very aware that that's going to be something that could legitimately happen down the road. So I genuinely hope that they really don't take this, um, this plan of putting fights on pay-per-view uh, once a month or once every six weeks uh, as something that's going to sustain their business on that end. Cause I, I honestly don't think it's going to work. Um, and then as far as the fights, like, you know, um, I just wanted to say that, uh, the, I think the other card that's going on in Phoenix, the DAZN card, I think that one might be probably as entertaining as maybe the, uh, the PBC one, like you said, the, the fights are going to be entertaining. I think the, the DAZN one shouldn't be, uh, bad either i think that has some fights that you know are going to be uh entertaining as well um along with the main event um and then the other card with uh eubank and williams that one not so much that's probably the worst one of the three tomorrow 
And, uh, you know, that might be the one that most people aren't going to watch anyway. But, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, Mike. I'm just kind of uh, totally, like, uh, frustrated at this point with the type of boxing cards we're getting. Are you team um, stream tomorrow you know, or are like, you buying it? No, no, no. Like I said, I'm going to go to a bar. Mike, oh, that's right. This, uh, yeah. So, well, so yeah. there's actually a bar showing it? Yeah, here where I live, there's a bar that. Oh yeah, they out there, yeah, get, they actually uh, the okay. boxing cards. Yeah, yeah, they actually get the boxing cards, so I'm just gonna pay to go watch it there. There's no way. Yeah, there man. would be a chance that if they weren't showing it, I probably would stream it for sure. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm gonna go watch it at a at a bar uh, tomorrow. Um, I just wanted to bring a, a couple of things too. Um, the uh, I don't know if you saw the announcement, Mike, with Ryan Garcia getting yeah. uh, Emmanuel to go. Yeah, I don't know what you think of that fight. I don't love it. Um, I, I'm going to pull up to to go. I'm trying to go. Yeah, his last fight was against Mason He's Menard. I remember like a, that. Yeah, him. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he. He. You know, decent fighter, but he. I mean, he got a, what a majority decision against um, Mason Menard. It, to me, it's a step back from Luke Campbell, obviously. The problem yeah. with Ryan Garcia, dude, it's just hard to take him seriously, man. He, he, you know, he, yeah. he wanted time off to get, you know, he pulled out of a fight last summer. He wanted to take time off because he was having, you know, emotional issues. Then he's posting videos on TikTok with one of his baby mamas on a beach, like on vacation. I'm just like, dude, I just don't know what to expect mm -hmm. from this kid, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's tough to take him seriously, like you said, just because of the stuff that he does. I mean, He's a young kind of knucklehead who just, you know, does what he feels like doing. And, and like you said, yeah, it's a total step back from Campbell. But honestly, I, I wonder how much of this has Golden Boy's uh, fingerprints as far as the opponent. Because mm. he said he was willing to take a tougher guy and he got kind of shot down on the whole idea. So I'm just wondering if they weren't the ones that kind of, you know, put him in this situation where it was like, yeah, we're not going to really pay for you to fight a tougher opponent we'd rather pay for you to fight a, a, like a soft touch you know so i wonder how much that has to do with it as far as what kind of influence they they had on the decision as far as the opponent but yeah we'll see what happens uh with that and uh and then the other thing just really quick that i saw too mike and, and i know one of the guys on twitter uh tommy brought it up did you see the thing about the klitschko brothers signing up to possibly join the military in the Ukraine. Yeah. They signed up for like their army reserve. So, um, yeah, yeah. doesn't surprise me at all, man. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, uh, brave of these. <laughs> I never, I would have never thought that some millionaires are going to legitimately go to war, but Hey, I mean, props to them. If they feel that strongly. Yeah. That's, I totally salute them on, on going out and doing that. Cause yeah, that's, that that takes some balls right there yeah, for man. sure. I mean, Absolutely. that's not something most people would do. Yeah. So, all right, Mike. Then, yeah, I guess I'll just uh, call in Monday after we see what happens with these fights this weekend. All right, Hopefully brother. Mario enjoy it, man. Does, uh, pull off nothing. Yeah. All right. All right. See you. Peace, Nacho. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I forgot to mention that up front, guys, because uh, it, it's just kind of breaking. But Ryan Garcia is going to fight uh, a fighter out of Ghana. Emmanuel Tago, 
uh, who's had, I think, two fights in America. The rest have been back in Ghana. It's hard to know if fighters from Ghana, uh, what you're going to get. Sometimes it's a mixed bag. One thing is they're always tough. They're always in shape. They're always durable. Uh, so he's definitely going to give Garcia rounds. And that's something that Garcia desperately needs. So in, in that case, it's good matchmaking from Golden Boy, and I like that. But in terms of overall level of fighter, he's a step down from Luke Campbell. But look, Garcia hasn't fought in a year. And by the time he fights Tago, it's going to be April. So that's what, 15 months basically out of the ring. So it's a good comeback fight. But the problem is we keep talking about this. We keep talking about comeback fights for these guys because they don't fight for a year or two. Ryan Garcia is what, 22 years old, 23? He, I can't remember the exact age, but he's he's young. He's like 22, 23 years old. This kid should be fighting at least three times a year, man. I just I, I just do not understand. But this, this current business model, and I beat up a little bit on PBC today because they have the big pay-per-view show this weekend, but it's not just PBC. It, it's with every promotion and a lot of the fighters, but it is indicative, I think, and, and quite distinctive of American fighters. You know, a lot of these guys from other parts of the world, whether it be Ghana or, or somewhere in Asia, you know, the Philippines, Japan, Europe, Latin America, those guys fight more often. Some don't. Okay. Some are inactive too, but a lot of them fight often. Um, but you know, in, in fairness, again, you look at the heavyweight division. I have tweeted about this, uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, and Anthony Joshua, I think in the last like two years have fought a combined six times between them, something like that. Uh, they've each fought like once, once in 2020, once in 2021, I believe. And we don't have anything scheduled for any of them yet. We're going to get Fury White, but it still isn't scheduled. And we know we're going to get Joshua Usyk again, not scheduled. So, and that's the heavyweight division, dude. So, so it's, again, it's not just American fighters. It's not just PBC. Uh, but it is, you see it with a lot of the young American fighters. You just do, man. It's just this era. Like, look, man, you cannot, I, guys, if you're just getting on the chat, first of all, if you're just getting on the chat, hit the thumbs up button. All right, do it. But at the beginning of the show, go back and watch, go back and listen. I talk specifically about Keith Thurman's career. Here's an American fighter that at one point was seen as the top welterweight in the world, was a unified title holder top welterweight in the world, um, pretty much unanimously at one point. And he had a peak rating against Danny Garcia of 5.1 million views. He has been involved in some of the highest rated non-cable uh, boxing shows in America in, in this era. And now he's going to fight on a pay-per-view that not even, uh, it'll be lucky if it does 50,000 buys. Like, that's crazy, dude. That's a precipitous drop from where he was just five years ago. And it's because he's been so inactive and his quality of opposition has gotten worse every single time. <sighs> okay. Back to the phones. All right. Three, three, six. You're on the show. What's up? Yo, Mike, how you feeling? Man? What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? Living large. I'm in your world, my brother. What can I say? <laughs> Hey man, it's Friday. You concur with me. You concur with me when Yo, you concur I with. Concur. You are not your one hundred and ten motherfucking percent. <laughs> yep. 
I've been watching boxing so long. I've been watching since seventy. If they continue to play, I refuse to pay. I mm. can get all this shit free, brother. And if anybody wants to know how, I'll let them know. <laughs> if you want to give them a big fuck you, but that's how you do it. And yeah. you still get to see that shit. You're absolutely right, man. Because this is this is utter nonsense, man. I talk, look, I like I said, I concur. I'm not I'm not going to go over what you just said because you you said what needs to be said and not tell us said what needs to be said. Now, did you see the Serrano Taylor news thing, whatever they did? Did you see that shit? No, no. Uh, I uh, saw like a like a minute you know? of the stare down on Twitter or some shit, but no, I didn't see I'm the whole thing. Yo, Serrano gave me this girly girly shit. <laughs> you should have seen Taylor. Taylor looked like a beast, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I was the whole fucking neck. I was like, yo. Yeah, she's a big girl. Yeah, she's strong. Yeah. She's like, yo. Uh, Serrano, you're pretty, but, uh, and you got skills, but you know what? Uh, you're going to get slammed. You think so? Period. There's a lot of people Fuck, predict, yeah. predicting Serrano to win. You know, it's going to be interesting, man. That shit ain't going to happen. It's yeah? not going to happen. Believe me. So what? You got, you got Taylor by decision, I'm thinking, because there's not going to be a knockout. Taylor, that's for sure. Uh, no, nah, I don't think it's going to be a knockout because I saw the, Fight. They had that same fight between like a Rodriguez or whoever she was, and they both went the full, full deal. So yeah, yeah. I don't think it'd be a knockout, but I don't see uh much. I mean, she's pretty and all that, and I like that. But yo, I don't. Taylor's a beast, man. She was like, yo. I was like, damn. I right, but it's gonna be a good fight, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually. Anyway, I'm excited to watch that. that one, man. I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, one. it's gonna be an excellent fight. It's gonna be an excellent fight, but. Taylor is in beast mode, and he better not come out playing. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> Taylor's yeah. definitely fought the better opposition. She's fought the better fighters. Yeah. Serrano's bounced all Most around in different weights. You know? Um, yeah, she's yeah. kind of slow, too. She's got good technique, but she's also slow. Taylor be like, going 1,000 miles an hour. Also, I, I just don't see how she's going to handle that shit. Taylor has only boxed. Serrano's done MMA, kickboxing, all of yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's cool that's to be well-rounded, true. but generally speaking, yeah, man, but, you know uh, how it is. When you get in there with a true boxer, yeah. they usually got the edge. Yeah. It's no joke. No, oh, by the way, I got I got that. Wait a minute, I have to ask you something. What is this military drink? I thought it was olive dress. Military drink. Anyway. No, military green. I got the T-shirt. Oh, you got the T. Yeah. Yeah, the olive drab. It says military green. I never heard it. That's what they I called never heard it. That name. When I uh, when I got it from the. Um... Oh really. The yeah the t-shirt oh, really? guy like they, that's what they called that color yeah the the oh, producer oh, or whatever they, they called it that because oh. yeah it's not exactly okay, yeah, the green that yeah, we that had right but they called it military green uh, solid draft son all the way every day <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate the support baby thank you <laughs> yo every day every way man I'm just gonna try to figure out how to do these super chats or something because I. I mean, I'm tech savvy, but this YouTube shit is kind of weird. 
I don't know. It's brother. It, it confuses <laughs> the shit out of me. If it weren't for my wife, no. I would not know what the fuck Yo, man, I'm doing. I not... <laughs> Yo, I was in IT for 16 years, and oh shit, shit. Still confuses my ass. That's so, scary. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yo, man. Uh, what can I say, man? It's been a plum pleasing pleasure, brother. And uh, take care and keep the faith and ride on. Absolutely, brother. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights, man. We'll chop it up next week. I will. Talk to you next week. Man. All right, Brian. BLT. Everybody. All right, you too, brother. Oh, there it is. There it is. Take care. You too. BLT in the house. I like Brian, man. Uh, Super chat pledge from Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. He says, uh, are you still on the fence with Thurman versus Barrios? That's a good question, brother. Hmm. You know what? I'm just, there's this feeling in my gut that says Barrios will pull this off, but he's moving up in weight. He's coming off a knockout loss to a lightweight. He can't punch through a wet paper bag. I know Thurman hasn't fought in two and a half years, but he's so much more experienced. He's a bigger, stronger, more explosive guy. I'm going to take Thurman by decision. That's my official prediction. Boom, there it is. Now, wouldn't shock me if Barrios wins. I got to put that out there. I'm not trying to ride both sides. I'm not trying to be a pussy. My official prediction is Thurman by decision. All right, there we go. All right, back to the phones, and we'll go to the UK. Awesome, we got a UK caller on. 777, you're on the show. What's going on? How you doing there, Mike? It's uh, Nigel. Nigel, what's up, man? Ain't heard from you in a minute. How you been? Uh, I'm good, thank you, man. I'm... I'm following the New Year's resolution of trying to go to bed early to get more sleep. So ah. every time you put your show on, I'm like, listen to it like a day after or a few days after. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but, um, I wanted to uh, chime in. So what you're saying with, uh, with regards to how PBC and all the other fighters like Tino always do the comeback fights, you're absolutely right. And it's, so detrimental to the sport and it's affecting so many divisions and like the best of stats you want to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have never thought that we would be told by a promoter like a no uh, like a from a TV by a promoter or like a someone representative promoter a promotion to say that um there's fights that, you know, we that we that would basically they don't want to put on. Like they're trying to convince fans, like, no, you don't want to do this, you want to see this one. What kind of shit is that? It's like that is absolutely ridiculous. I've been watching boxing since I was like um, 11, 12 years old back in the day when Frank Bruno um, fought. Uh, remember Tim Witherspoon? And like, oh, back in the day, you know what I mean? So I've been yeah. for a long, long time. So it's it's ridiculous. It really, really is. And your comments earlier about how it's the problem. Not just with all fighters, but American fighters. I have to agree. Um, as much as I, you know, a lot of my fighters, I, a lot of the, a lot of my favorite fighters are American, and to see this generation and how they have this sense of entitlement once they have become a titleist, or you know, that's exactly they, it, man. It's quite yeah, it, entitlement. It, it yeah, it is, and. Um, they all, they all aspire to look at people like um, Canelo and Floyd and things like that. But what they're missing is the is 
the work ethic is being in the ring and fighting the fight. If you want to get to that level, write your own story, you have to fight the fight. There's no shortcut to it. None. Do not be, yes, let, let, let it be said, let it be said, there's no shortcut to that. You have to take the fight, you have to fight the, the guys that are undesirable, but you know, people try to avoid if you want to get to that level. That's what you have to do. And I don't know what it's going to take for some of these, some of these young fighters to, you know, realise this because there's some that still, I think, have got that that hunger, like Freddie um, Lorty, Jerron Ennis, um, Stephen Fulton. Um, uh, I like Stephen Fulton a lot, man. Stephen yeah. Fulton and um, Jerron Boots Ennis are two guys that I think have the hunger and want to fight the fights. You know, uh, Boots yeah. Ennis, I think his career is not being managed right. He should already be a name. No. People should already know him. Yes, most definitely. It's like um, it's it's true. It's really it's really insane how people don't. Because, but you're right. I do feel like uh, uh, Duran needs to kick on now because you're you're thirty plus deep into your fight career now. Yep. You need to fight. You need to you need to fight those those names. So I understand it's difficult for him because. At the same time, he's going to be avoided, you know what I mean, because of his potential of what he can do. But you need to see him in those fights, and you need to see him get chin checked. Check, you know what I mean, just to, to see what they're kind of thinking. Like all like going to be Kevin Alfred. Yes. You know? It's like all has got lots of few times on that fight, but yeah. But um, yeah, I just feel it's, it's insane. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to be a fight fan, but. There are some gems and nuggets out there still. You know what I mean? And uh, well, because you should take heart from that. Because we're diehards, right? If you if you watch this show, if you mm. listen to the show, you're a diehard fan. And part of being a diehard fan, I mean, you talk about how long you've been watching boxing. You know, Brian just called, he's been watching boxing, he said since the 70s. You know, mm. you've seen all these great fights, and you know that when boxing's at its best. Nothing in sports no. compares to it. It's so true because there's yeah. no you don't get the emotional, visceral reaction that boxing can give you. No. You know, like when Andy Ruiz beat Anthony Joshua. Holy shit. You you can't get that moment in yeah. an NFL game. You just can't, you know? No. And um but so so we stick around because we know those moments are still gonna be there, but it's yeah. so few and far in between, man, because these guys yeah. are not active and every time they get in the ring. They want to showcase matchup, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and, and the thing is, I, I understand with this generation how social media and so many different platforms are out there, and that plays a huge part in that. Because I would imagine, obviously, back in the seventies, there's only like a handful of channels, and you know, super fights were easier to be made, that that kind of thing. And I think that's something that we must remember. So though I'm being critical of it, that's something we must take into consideration as well when we do think about it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. fights back then were probably a lot easier to be made. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, yeah. But um I think um I hope we uh, with about, with regards to Furman, you're absolutely right with what you're saying. So take that much time off and come back after two and a bit years, maybe three and say, Right, okay. Um yeah, I wanna if I'm gonna go in the ring, I wanna see Mill. It's like Taking a piss, favorite. You are taking the absolute piss. With that. <laughs> and for anyone that that buys the pace of you, you know it's like um, well, we can't be friends, man. 
(laughs) (laughs) They're part of the problem. Brian said the best, and I've talked about this before. You know, fans have the power and they don't realize it. You have the power with your Mm. wallet. That is how you vote in in this business, with your wallet. If you stream the pay-per-view instead of buying it, you help. If you don't buy a ticket to the fight and you, you watch it from home, you help. You help end this craziness that's going on right now. Yeah. And the thing is as well, but help me out on this, Mike. Um, I was thinking um, earlier today, with regards to these type of fights with uh, Sherman Barrios and um, uh, Jamal uh, Charla versus Kassana too, it's like, if they... If revenue is an issue, what if they put it on regular Fox? And doesn't some revenue come from like the big advertisers or the big brands? And yes, help pay to you know, help contribute towards the pot of these kind of things. Because I'm thinking, how many of these fights would be like, and these fighters would be huge names if they were just on regular TV? You know what I mean? And um, so I'm thinking, if we could, if we we saw Lopez versus Loma. Three on on TV, you know what I mean? And it's like yes, and like you talked about Thurman's uh, numbers as well. Yeah, because I'm thinking look at that the Charlo brothers, for example. Okay, this is the twins of the both world champions. How is that not marketable? You know what I mean? How is that? Why are they not like huge? So you know um, the uh, the middleweight Charlo is is you know, resume is dog shit. It's true. Anyone doesn't like that, you know. It's because of the yeah, product. Yeah. Could you explain that to me a little bit more? Well, yeah. every every deal is different, but but with Fox, they would essentially they'd have to pay to do shoulder programming, promotion, that sort of thing to put it on their regular airspace, and then they have to sell the ad revenue now or the ads, the ad space, the ad time. They get the yeah. revenue. They have to whack it up a little bit with PBC, but. I talked about this on uh, on the neutral corner this Monday. They're airing a show called The Cleaning Lady from 9 to 10 p.m. Now, the pay-per-view starts at 9 o'clock and goes to about midnight, 1 in the morning here in the States, okay? Yeah. From 9 to 10, there's a show called The Cleaning Lady that they're putting, and I guess that's some new shows they're doing. I've never seen it. And then from 10 to midnight, they're doing local programming, which is a, basically infomercials. So Fox has more confidence in the cleaning lady and local programming infomercials than they do in this product. They feel they will make more money in advertising off of those programs than this pay-per-view. That says it all, Nige. That that says it all, man. That's that's sad, right? Yeah. It is very, very sad, Mike. I want to know what the mean that all that huge amount of money that uh, for Wardell and Reed that uh, Heyman's got and this is the kind of Shit that you're shoving down people's throats and expecting them to pay. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. It really is. It's a, slap, it's a slap in the face of real boxing fans. That's what I think. I agree. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, by the way, uh, one last thing before I, I don't want to take up too much of time. With it, with it, um, Kate Taylor, Amanda Serrano fight. Okay. Taylor wins by, I think, um, by wide, by, uh, wide points decision. I will tell you why that is the case. Um, you take a look at the fight that Katie has fought. She fought, I mean, she fought a Delphi Bassoon. She fought um, um, McCaskill. Mm-hmm. She fought um, the other Serrano sister and a host of other champions as well. 
right? Okay. And he has had the type of fight, I feel, and the preparation and the experience to deal with Amanda Serrano. That's what I feel. That it is um, too much experience. And yes, she's a little bit of a slide from her last fight, mm-hmm. but she still has enough speed and she has enough fight in her. I don't know if she showed that in the first self interesting fight. Actually, she can she can weather the storm and come back with some more. Yeah, I don't think Amanda Serrano is a hell of a fighter, but she's not the biggest puncher. Delphine Pursuit to me is a bigger puncher than Amanda Serrano, and it's going to it's going to show. Yeah, Casey Taylor, UD, point decision. You are on the record, sir. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, Mike, um, as always, you keep up the good work, man, and uh, pleasure talking to you again, and. Uh, Maybe sometime soon, man. You take care. All right, brother. Have a good weekend, man. Enjoy the fights. You go. Take care. Bye. All right. Um, all right. I want to get to some of these super chats. Not, not super chats, but there was a couple of comments. Uh, Ricardo Martinez, you were asking if you can use the footage of me talking about Floyd Mayweather's testosterone levels. You want to use that for a report you're doing? Yeah. Just give me credit. Uh, whatever report or video that you're doing just make sure that you credit me on my work on that and that's fine um by the way um if you need screenshots of the actual commission forms where he had two high te ratios on those urine samples that were collected uh, i should be able to get those for you so just let me know shoot me an email or a dm or something on twitter all right um Mitch says that Cleaning Lady is a great show about organized crime, so basically boxing drama. Yeah, I, I, it's a cleaning lady that works for the cartel or something. I, I don't know, but uh, I, I, I have no idea, man. Uh, Nacho says, that's not sad, Mike. It's awful and ridiculous. I know, it's awful and ridiculous, and that's why it makes me sad, Nacho, because, listen, again, I'm going to go back to these numbers, man. In 2016, uh. Thurman Porter, 3.9 million peak. Oh, I have the average too. 3.1 million average viewers, okay? 2017, uh, Thurman, Danny Garcia, 5.1 million peak, 3.7 million average. So even the average viewership, went up. and that's important because that's people sticking through the whole time, right? The average viewership went up to, from 3.1 to 3.7. So Keith Thurman was on a build. And imagine if like in 2018, Thurman and Spence had fought. Right. And then the winner of that fight, let's say it's Spence in 2019, Spence and Crawford fight. Guys, could you imagine the motherfucking ratings? But no, of course not. Of course, that didn't happen because that would make too much sense. But it's it's crazy just how we got here. You know, sometimes when you're in the midst of chaos, you're in that bubble and you don't see what the hell is going on. Right. But you step outside that bubble or you look back and you look at how you got to where you're at and you just go, holy shit, how did we get here? That's kind of the way I look at things right now with, um, look, PBC is the largest promoter. And people say they're not a promoter. They are. They're a promotional boxing platform. They're the largest in the United States. So American boxing for a lot of casual fans is synonymous with PBC. They started, I think, in 2014, 2015, okay? And it started with a time buy. These ratings I was just giving you for those fights, 
I believe that was during the time by period of PBC when they were paying the network to air boxing. Because that wasn't those those fights weren't on Fox. Thurman Porter, Thurman Garcia, those were like CBS or something. I don't remember the exact network. So I think it was CBS. Don't quote me. But look at where we're at now versus where we were at then. Troubling times. Okay, back to the phones. CJ is on the phone. Hell yeah. What's up, CJ? How you been, man? Montero, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I've actually got a moment where I'm not freezing my ass off somewhere <laughs> in the Midwest and got back home and no, yeah, no the snow. calls and none. So I was like, you know what? Let me listen in in real time, be able to holler at the good man and listen to the chat and listen to the callers. Basically all saying the same thing, man. Uh, I mean, I'm out here, and the only reason why I'm considering going over there to go watch the fight is because it's still cheaper than what they're doing on the pay-per-view. And like I heard some of the other callers today, if I wanted to go team stream, that's it. it's the way to, to be able to do it, to be able to tell you know these folks, like, no, this ain't going to work out. Um, yeah. And it is, it's a trip to be able to see what was done with other people's money because, as you brought up, you know, Thurman was on CBS for the quarter fight and the Garcia fight, and then he headlined the NBC show that was at MGM when they first rolled out the red yeah. carpet and overspent for, you know, analysts and all that pageantry. They were spending somebody else's money, and the fans are the ones that have kind of had to hold the bag now at this point for some of those decisions with that Waddle and Reed suit that we still really didn't hear what happened at the end of the day with that money that was taken out. So it just, it sucks, man, because, you know, um, Keith Thurman, regardless if, any shell or version that you get here now, the entertainment value of what Thurman was doing was what was bringing the folk casual boxers to sit in front of the TV on a Saturday and watch some of these cards. And what I think y'all's probably projection is close. Some folks might even be saying that there's no way they even get a hundred thousand. You're probably closer to about a fifty thousand dollar buy rate at this point for this fight. Yeah. You got people that are all the fights that are going to be on the pay per view. I don't think anybody's actually coming off of a win that's on the televised part of the pay-per-view unless I miss somebody. Nah, because I what Neri isn't, Santa Cruz isn't, Thurman isn't, Barrios isn't. I know those those are the four names on this card, right? The four quote unquote names. All four of them coming off losses. Right. Several of them knockout losses. And I mean, how do you justify that? And not only how do you justify it from, you know, you're picking the people that have kept the sport moving. In the you know in the NAS, the fact that you you're trying to tell them like no this this makes sense and from the fighter side of it even if they're trying to sell it I get it that they they've gotten overpaid you know they've got guarantees they're needing to be hit but this is where the challenge of both the PVC being a promotional entity this is where that whole gray area of you know the Al Heyman being the the advisor versus the promoter when you basically just label PGG promotions or Mayweather promotions being the primary promoter, this is where they're supposed to earn their money of, we can bring this pie to the table, we'll work up the additional ad revenue, hell, mm -hmm. we'll put every damn sponsor logo on your trunk to be able to offset some of the costs because you can take this 1.8 on doing this version here because on your next fight, once we get you TV exposure, we're not going to come back to the table for no less than three and a half. And they're going to have to do it because you can show the numbers. Because oh, that's what they're using over the head of Crawford. Anytime you bring up a Spence Crawford fight, well, you know, he's not a pay-per-view star. He doesn't bring anything to the table. These kind of pay-per-views, you're setting yourself up, especially if you're Keith Thurman, how are you going to justify getting that Spence fight 
defense on you is that same thing against you or I'm big fish or, you know, you better not touch right. me, son, when, when Thurman was the man on top. They're going to use these same kind of advantageous numbers against you when you try to go to the negotiation table. Even though Al's running the strings on, in the background to make all of them come together, the math just doesn't make sense if you're really trying to look at building your career out. And at the end of the day, the boxing fans are the ones that get kind of stuck holding that bag. Man. Um, and even when you look at like the zone platform, and I'm, I'm firing shots at all of them. I mean, just as you do. That's why everybody loves listening to the platform because, you know, you don't just ride for a particular brand because they're not putting money in your pocket that way the people are. Mm-hmm. But even with the zone platform, as soon as you get up to that point, at least with me, where it's like, all right, I'm filling up on my annual subscription. Let me cancel. They'll at least throw you a bone here. And they try their best to be able to rotate it to where at least you get overall value. I can't justify spending $79 every month to watch fights that, 15 years ago, they would be lucky if they were co-featured on a pay-per-view call. Exactly. You know, even when you do the Canelo pay-per-views, they're good fights. You're doing it because you don't want to miss out on water cooler talk or legacy. But, you know, almost every fight that Canelo ran through, if it wasn't on the zone, I wouldn't have ran to the, you know, the TV to go click order. Yep. And that don't make me no less of a boxing fan or a historian of the sport. Just I'm, I'm also responsible. I got bills to pay. I got a family to feed. And, yep. you know, when you hear these fighters talk about, you know, I've got to feed my family and, you know, this is what we got to do. I get that. Turn around and go talk to your advisor and promoter why they're putting you on a platform to where when you start walking down the street, even in the fight capital of the world, nobody's going to know who you are at 5'7", 147 pounds unless you've got 12, 13 people around you yelling champ, champ, and they're wearing your name on their t-shirt in front. Right. That's bad practice if you really want to grow a brand or a legacy. So, uh, you know, Uncle Bob does things a certain kind of way that he does them. But when he knows he's going to get you hot trash, at least he puts the best fight that he can on the TV side of it. And then he'll put hot garbage as the undercard. And <laughs> then, you know, that's the best of both worlds if you're a fight fan. Like, you can at least deal with the fact that you're you're getting Nico Ali Walsh and you know, a whole bunch of process. But that's what you're going to do as a promoter to be able to build out your fight program. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to line everybody up with seven figure paydays or probably what, you know, Leo Santa Cruz is getting until after he gets his six figure payday, probably name another one of his kids after Al or name that kid Al Ben or something. That's not, it's not justifying to the fight fans to be watching that, you know, and if that's what it takes for a promoter to be able to get high content cards on network TV, which we still pay for in our cable subscription, that's okay. We're at least okay with doing that in 2022, being boxing fans, of watching it on the ESPN. Hell, even if you're watching them on the Showtime, because most of those are cooked into your cable programming. But to think that a person's just supposed to shell out $74.99, and that's a regular uh, definition. The HD going to sit you for like another $80, $85 for that, and then defense fight, and for any other fight that they're rolling down the pipeline here, that's just that's not a good look, man. It's not sustainable. I don't know how you sustain this. No, it, it can't be. And the only thing that you're looking to do, and that's what kind of break came up in that lawsuit with TBC, is that Heyman was trying to use boxing as a loss leader to cut every other person that was promoting out in America. Yep. And to your point, they're the largest overall stable that they have, you know, this side of the country. But I'm pretty sure if they weren't under these certain contracts or then taking so much advance money, go talk to some of them fighters that signed up for this TBC brand and see if they're happy with fighting once a blue moon. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of what you might, what, what people might want to understand about a Danny Jacobs, Danny Jacobs was one of the few folks that was actually quasi vocal about his experience over at the TBC. And, you know, he, 
he may not be a Hall of Famer up up in State New York, but he's gonna be a Hall of Famer at the bank because he at least he payrolled his yeah, way out get? of ten million for that Canelo him. fight. It was at least eight million, right, for that Canelo fight. Yep, something like yep. that. He, he cleared some real well, moved his operations down to Georgia, where the dollars stretch a little bit farther, and you know he took another bag going over there to get overpaid by Eddie Hearn, but that wouldn't have worked himself out if he's still underneath that PBC contract. Absolutely. And, you know, he's been on record speaking effectively enough about his experience at PBC, but if it was that sweet and he was happy with that kind of inactivity, he would have stayed over there. You know, because if you want to go down those lines that some of those fanboys uh, of that particular three-letter acronym like to use, you know, he went to go work for the man or right. all that and took that money <laughs> yeah. on he went. He went to sign with the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he went to go do what was responsible for him and for his his lifeline, his family. You know, and there's that combination of when when is something too big to fail? You know, it looks good that they say that they've got close to 200 fighters on their roster, but yep. now you don't have time buys. And yeah, this is the only way that you can get fighters fight is by putting it in the pay per view model. If you just strip it down to like what the nuts and bolts of it is. If they have to put these certain fighters on pay-per-view, even if you're a really good titleist but you don't have a name, there's only so many fights that are going to go on this pay-per-view date, and Showtime's only going to give them so many. We already know that Fox has basically now just been set up to do nothing but pay-per-views for those guys. If you're a good fighter, you know, who's not to say that Brian Castano doesn't you know, actually get jobs and wins this fight against Charlo? Does that mean that he's going to immediately start getting Showtime dates? No. If anything, they'll put Charlo right back onto those Showtime dates because they feel that he'll fail. So then if you're a Castano, you're a unified, potentially undisputed champion, that don't mean that you're going to get any fights. So having too many fighters on the roster, it looks good in concept, but in overall usefulness, if you're a fighter, that's where you're going to get some of this inactivity from. And there's only so many real estate plays that, you know, allegedly Uncle Allen and this guy can help do to make you feel at peace about your career. So, yes, a lot of this is on the fighters for not being active or at least pushing. But in the current model that they're set in, especially in that unit, there's not enough days to go around for 190, 180, 200 fighters, especially right. if two-thirds of them are really good talent. You know, and most of them don't want to fight more than two times a year. Like this. It's, I, I mean, I went to school, but I took a few times to pass some of these math classes, Mike, and that math still don't add up. <laughs> it does not. It does not. So, man, I said my piece. And most like the most importantly, I finally had a Friday or a Monday where I was on a conference call or trying to get somewhere to work. And it's always good to be able to tap in and talk with you and just know even when I'm not actually making a phone call in, I'm catching it on the replay and, and making sure I show my support. So keep doing what you're doing. Everybody smash that it, like man. button like most of us do. Tell a friend, tell a friend and all that. And um, you might end up getting a message from me in real time of an empty, I'm hoping it's not the case, but I'm, you know, I'm betting that way, an empty arena. Tomorrow yeah yeah send me some photos and some videos man text me let me know what you see all right yeah all right brother you, all right y'all be good man enjoy the rest of the show i'm gonna listen on the background y'all be good out there folks mob stand up the whole crew <laughs> all right now thanks a lot cj man cj always just on point i just sit back and just let him talk because everything he says is on point i gotta just piggyback off of some of the things he said you know he mentioned that they have what 200 some odd fighters over at PBC, you always hear the narrative from the PBC defenders. And again, I'm not only picking on them. Everyone's guilty in certain ways, but specifically the PBC, they have the biggest stable of fighters, right? 
And you always hear that their fighters are so happy. Everyone's so happy over at PBC. If you really want to be honest, there's a dozen, two dozen fighters that get in the rotation and fight once or twice a year. There's 150 fighters that are sitting on the fucking sidelines. I know of one particular fighter, not going to name their name. They're, they're a club level fighter, but they came to me recently for help asking if I could look at a contract that they signed recently. Um, and if they could get out of that and they signed it literally last year. And if I could get them on with a different promoter, I looked at it. I sent it to a few people and this person is stuck for two years. They've been signed for over a year now. They haven't gotten one fight. Okay. So that's what happens for every Charlo, every Santa Cruz. There's a dozen of those guys. Trust me on that guys. You don't hear about that side of it. You don't, but I do. And guys like me do we're at the gyms. We're in the business. We're talking to folks and I've talked to several people that are in situations like that. Okay. It happens more than you think. So when you have a roster that big and you only have so many dates a year, because let's face it, if you don't have a streaming app where you can make your own date, you're, you're up to the net. It's up to the network to provide you with a date. And they might say, Hey, we want to put on the cleaning lady. <laughs> you got to take this shit to pay-per-view, man. We're not paying for this. We're promoting the cleaning lady this week and local programming. So you go put that on pay-per-view. We'll do a little shoulder programming to help you out a little bit. Not what we were doing two years ago for, for a wilder fury. No, we're going to do a little bit for you. We'll give a couple commercials during the football playoff games. That's what you get. Put that shit on pay-per-view, right? So what else? Um, and and the, again, with PBC, we were told for years, free boxing for all. Boxing's back on network television. Oh, who the hell wants to fight on an app? These guys over at the zones, they're fighting on an app, right? Now in the current landscape, PBC really could use an app. If they had a streaming app like the zone, PBC could take this show with Thurman and Barrios and put it on their streaming platform. And they would not have to necessarily put it on Fox pay-per-view, right? But because they are, it's up to the, to the discretion of Fox executives, Showtime slash CBS executives, which dates are good for boxing and what they're going to pay for. You're kind of stuck. And Bob Arum ran into this a few times back when he was at HBO. I think it was with uh, Crawford Postel. That fight just popped in my mind. HBO did not want to pay for that fight. They were like, Grandpa Bob, we don't like that fight. Eastern Europeans don't sell. Um, we're not We're not paying for that shit. We have something else that we're promoting that week. Nope, nope, nope. And he had to go to pay-per-view. And that pay-per-view, I don't think it did 100,000 pay-per-view buys. Maybe it did, but it was like right around there. It absolutely tanked. But Bob Arum and Top Rank were in, th that's all they could do. Because Terrence Crawford had a certain amount that he wanted and Postal had a certain amount that he wanted. That was a title unification. To pay them what they wanted, they had to go to pay-per-view because HBO wouldn't pay for the fight. And they were signed exclusively to HBO. So sometimes these network, these exclusive network deals are part of the problem too. And nobody really wants to talk about that. 
And I think that the streaming platforms, I, I don't like that I have to pay for DAZN and ESPN Plus and Showtime and all these different platforms. I can't stand that shit. But at least with DAZN and even ESPN Plus, I know that we're not going to get some shit, some slop that, you know, it is a you know B-rate production, B-rate promotion over on pay-per-view because the promoter has no choice. That stuff will go over to the app and you have the choice to watch it or not, but it's free because you've already paid for the app. So there's a lot of stuff that DAZN and ESPN picks up, ESPN Plus, that's like a, a weekday show, like a Wednesday show or a Thursday show. You guys know the stuff I'm talking about, stuff from Japan, Uzbekistan, whatever it is. And some people don't want to watch that. Fine. You don't have to. You could just pay for your annual subscription to watch Canelo and AJ fight a couple times a year. Okay. But, and who knows if Canelo will go back to the zone, but I'm just saying in recent years. Okay. But there are those diehard sick motherfuckers who watch everything and they'll watch that Tuesday morning show from Singapore or whatever. They'll, they'll watch that shit, right? They'll watch an MTK global show from the United Arab Emirates on ESPN plus. Uh, and you can do that when you have streaming capabilities. And that's something that you don't have when you're signed exclusively to a network. Super chat pledge from Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. He says, Andre barely got by Williams. Eubank wins. I, Andre, to me, decisively beat Liam Williams. I thought that was a pretty one-sided fight. Williams was competitive early on, but um, I think Eubank wins tomorrow. You know, a lot of people talk about him lunging in and, and making stupid decisions. I think he's cleaned some of that up, and I expect him to box smartly tomorrow and win a decision. Also, both of these guys have cut before, but especially Williams. He's cut in several fights. Wouldn't surprise me if there's a headbutt or something, and Williams gets cut in the early to middle rounds, and that affects the outcome of the fight. All right, one more phone call, guys. Then we're gonna we're gonna end this thing. We're gonna get the weekend started here. Uh, three three six, you're on the show. What's up? <laughs> oh, I got in. Oh, bro. <laughs> okay. What's up? I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um, enough respect, CJ. Not to, man, you got some callers with some knowledge. Hey, I'm, man, I'm very, telling you. really impressed. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Seven years old, but these guys, yo, they lay it down and let you know, yo, man, you need to have a, a show. Like, yo, man, this <laughs> shit is serious. This is some good stuff, man. Hey, they won't let us good on the stuff. networks, though, anyway, man. We talk too much truth here. They ain't letting us on ESPN. I don't know too, much too much real shit. Yeah. 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 I heard that. I heard that. Yo. But anyway, I, I remember God uh, called in and talked about a show about the Hall of Fame and who should be in and who didn't get in and whatever. But you know what we should have is a post-boxing career show. Because I watched something on Donald Curry, Rocky Lockridge. The guy that fought Conor Bennett got messed up. What's his name? Those are the shows uh, I think uh, we should see, too. Yeah. You know? You're talking about McClellan? Uh, what happens? Yeah. yeah what yeah. happens to these guys when they disappear? It's like, man, they was here. That was 10 years ago. What happened to them? You know what I mean? We don't know. We need to know. We need to know. They need to, you know, it, it has to be brought up into our consciousness. What happens to these guys when shit is done? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I was just you know I saw a couple of these things. I saw the one on Curry, and I was like, "Yo!" And Rocky Lockridge is in like a homeless. This guy's on the street, man. Yeah, a lot of these like, guys. What? Rocky Lockridge. 
damn. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but you know, I think that would be more be enlightening to, to to see. Hey, this is what happened to these guys. You know what I'm saying? That's but a great anyway. idea, man. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> you know, it's just a thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just thought about that. Anyway, whatever. I'm gonna get off. Yeah, right, I bro. just got my shirt, man. I just got it. Nice. You know, they just got, just got it. Nice. Yeah. All right. Take care, man. All right, you Talk too, to you man. next week. Easy. You know, that reminds me. Damn, I just just thought of it. Uh, just I was getting off the phone with Brian. Um, new issue of Ring Magazine. Uh, it's it's already getting. It's went out in the mail this week for subscribers. It's going to hit. I think the newsstands. I think at the end of this month. We always send it out to subscribers like a few weeks earlier. But I have two articles in this this issue. But one is about Crunk, the Crunk Gym coming back and the new rebranding and the new people getting involved. And one of the things Emmanuel Stewart really, really, really pushed with his fighters, specifically the kids, was life after boxing, life outside of boxing. And one of, I think Emmanuel Stewart's great legacies that isn't talked about, but I mentioned it in my piece. Uh, and the, the crunk business manager, John Lepak, he talked to me about this a lot, is a lot of the success stories of these guys outside the ring. There are former crunk fighters right now that own all sorts of real estate, rental properties. Uh, several of these guys went on to have careers at GM. I'm talking about 20 plus year careers at GM and retire and get that like gold watch. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Uh, these guys went out to do very well in business. Some of them got into the, the automobile industry, uh, like selling cars and stuff like that. Awesome legacy of the crunk fighters. And um, you see too many guys get out of boxing and their life is a fucking mess, dude. Within five years out of the ring, their life is a catastrophe. And um, that's something that I wish we saw less and less of. Anyway, guys, outstanding calls today. And now we're ready to kick this weekend off. Me and the wife have dinner reservations in 43 minutes. So uh, I'm going to go get all grown and sexy, shave, and get ready to go out. So uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights. And we'll do it again next week. All right? Peace, everybody.